Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. It is time to take an early look at the Week 11 NFL lines. To do that with me today is Brendan Tuma here from Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros. Find him on Twitter at Too Much Tuma. Brendan, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm excited to be here, Dan. As you know, I was uh, my girlfriend, aka the roommate, is learning. Uh, she wanted to learn sports betting this season, so we've been, you know, picking some spreads each week. She did her first parlay this past Sunday and won, hmm. and oh, is no. upset with me because I didn't let us, you know, actually bet it. So we lost out on money in that regard, and, and now she's wondering why I'm on the show instead of her. So, but you're in Massachusetts, right? So you probably yeah. can't. You can't. Uh, is sports betting legal there? No, right? Not yet. No, we don't have like FanDuel and DraftKings. I just it was the first one, and and now we'll probably bet the next one and and have uh, some trouble winning it, but. That's well, usually how it goes. I think you need to visit me in New Hampshire, which you never do. You never bring me scones or anything. The roommate never swings by or anything like that. Uh, my wife could run with her, but whatever. doesn't matter. All I care about right now, Tuma, is looking at these Week 11 lines. Week 10 was a weird one. Uh, we'll talk about it on Thursday. I actually went 0-3 on my best bets, but I went like like 12-4 and on the weekend. So sorry about giving out that picking and choosing the wrong ones. It's a weird week. But I did think there were some spots or some interesting lines that I really want to get into here. Now that we are fully through week 10, let's get into it. Before we do, again, this podcast is brought to you by BetMGM. So their latest offer, new customers can bet $10 and you can win $200 if the team you bet on scores a touchdown. Again, this is for new customers. It's with the code JUICE100 from our other podcast, The Daily Juice. Again, it's basically free money, okay? Every team's going to basically score a touchdown. Don't bet on the Jets, though. Um, again, that is available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, Iowa, Washington, D.C., Arizona, and Wyoming. All right, Brendan, let's get into it. Let's start the Thursday night game. The Patriots are visiting Atlanta, taking on the Falcons. The Pats are laying six and a half. This spread has been slowly moving up since it opened up with the look-ahead line. There's probably going to be no, no Cordero Patterson in this one. Hasn't officially been ruled out yet, but likely. The total is 47. You have some question marks here, obviously, Brendan. Like, we don't know Cordero Patterson necessarily. We assume he's going to be out. We don't know which running back is going to be able to suit up for the Patriots. I don't necessarily know that it matters. There is a book out there, DraftKings, my book. And no, not surprising, Brendan, it usually sort of inflates towards the Pats a little bit because people here are New England fans. I expect that. But the consensus line is six and a half right now. What do you think about this with the total of 47? Yeah, so what this line tells me is the Pats aren't sneaking up on anyone anymore for a little bit there. You know, is oh, the, are the Pats good? They For a while, they only had wins against the Jets and the Texans. And, and now they're on a nice little winning streak. And obviously, Sunday's beat down over the Browns was a big one that got a lot of attention. And I think Vegas is just making this line and saying, you know, knowing the public's still going to want to take the Pats. For me, these Thursday night games, I've, I've just had such little success with them this year that they've been so weird, more than normal. I'm trying to more lean into the volatility of the NFL season. You know, there's been a lot of jokes. We just saw the Rams lose last night. There's no good teams and that sort of thing. And it's a long season. There's a lot of swings. The Chiefs are bad for a while. Then they're good. So I'm trying more to lean into that and make uncomfortable picks. Of course, I looked at the Pats and Falcons last week, and I think the Pats are better, but I'm going to try to go with my brain on this one and just kind of grab the points. I don't love it. Again, the Thursday night games have just been so weird. We saw like last Thursday with the Ravens and Dolphins, but I just think it's it feels too easy to take, you know, the Pats minus six and a half on the road in this one. 
I do think that, uh, you know, it's it's a very simplistic way of thinking about it. But I do think that the this seems too easy. And I remember I was talking about it with a couple of people. And, uh, you know, because on the betting pros app, which, you know, everybody should use, you can make picks, by the way, even if you're you're not a quote unquote, you know, betting expert, even users can make picks, track their progress. It's great. You can see what, you know, we pick. But I, you know, I, I was on the 49ers getting three and a half. And I felt like you looked at that game and that game was begging you to take the Rams, right? Like you were like, the Rams are going to destroy them. Like even after Robert Woods' injury, the Rams are going to destroy them. The 49ers look terrible. But this is why the NFL is what it is. This is why there are casinos. Um, because you have to assume right now with this line, now they did move it up a little bit. Again, it was six, now it's six and a half. Everything about this says that the Pats are going to be able to cover this. They're coming off a giant win. They looked fantastic against the Browns. They're going to just completely take away Kyle Pitts. And with no Cordero Patterson, there's basically no way for Atlanta to be able to move the ball. But the books are just sort of hanging tight. I do think that if you like the Patriots, you bet it now because I can't see it really moving down. Like the books have no reason, I'm sure, to do that. I'm sure the money is coming in here on the Patriots. And I could see it getting to seven. But I agree with you. Thursday night games in particular are really, really difficult to sort of bet. We saw it with the Dolphins and the Ravens, even totals. So the only thing I will say about this too much, let me know if you agree. If you do like the Patriots, it's something that you should probably bet now. If you like the Falcons, you can probably wait till close to kickoff. It probably ends up at six and a half, maybe seven. So you might wait, but I don't think there's any reason to pounce on it if you like the Pats. Do you agree with that? Myself, as someone who listens to, you know, these pods is that's probably the number one thing I've learned from, you know, just listening to you this season and someone who's always trying to better their processes is, yeah, like either taking, you know, most people wait till Sunday or Saturday to make their bets for the weekend. But yeah, I think I'm noticing a lot of value in whether you take it early or wait. On the lines that you you and you know yep. whoever the guest is usually mentioned, so I fully agree with that. You know, typically the favorites you want to take them early if you're gonna. Well, that's the whole point of this process, good man. That is what we're doing here. So again, I don't. I'll probably be on it. Just like have a small wager, to be honest, just because it makes Thursday night football more interesting. And it is the Pats, who you know, I'll have to root against. But regardless, uh, I do not let that factor into the betting. Interesting one here, Brendan. In Buffalo, the Bills are laying seven to the Colts. The total, which I just had and I lost, so I'm going to stall for like three seconds, is 49 here. What do you think about this one? Yeah, so the Bills, obviously we saw them. I think the Bills are just definitely more vulnerable. It's not, you know, a lot of times we wait for the huge downfall, like the Chiefs. Like, again, I'm going to keep referencing them because just like what happened to them this season is such a good example of the swings of the NFL season and how the public can overreact or underreact. But we really wanted them to like completely bottom out. And I haven't seen that happen to the Bills yet. The offense has, you know, definitely struggled. They're dealing with some similar, you know, two high shell things. That Jaguars game, you know, was was very strange from from what you'd expect going in. And then, you know, even there was a Dolphins game they struggled with. So I don't think the Bills are, you know, this absolute, you know, dominant offense that we saw last season. But they're still really good and they're still above average. To me, this is one that I'd be much more comfortable throwing in some sort of teaser rather than just taking, you know, the minus seven straight up. I don't necessarily love, you know, any time taking Carson Wentz. He's just, he's a volatile quarterback in the sense, you know, you never, you never know what you're going to get in terms of, you know, turnover worthy plays. So it's a fun rematch of, you know, what I think was the best playoff game last postseason. And, and yeah, I think that's my, you know, my lean. I don't really want to take Buffalo minus seven, but it's a teaser game. So you think that you would tease Buffalo down to minus one and take them yeah, on that one? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a great feel for it. I The Colts are a difficult team for me because I think on any given day, 
the Colts can hang with any team in football on any given day if they are at their best. Our offensive line is elite. Jonathan Taylor might be, you know, maybe the best running back in the league. Christian McCaffrey, of course. Now that Derrick Henry is out, I mean. Um, but it, Carson Wentz has a penchant for making uh, terrible plays, and you can see them just getting their butts kicked in this one. But I, there's no way I'm laying the seven. There's a seven and a half out there. I'm looking again. At bettingpros.com, we have uh, 15 books that you can look at. You can limit it to your state only, but you can look at every single book that is sort of out there. Vandal right now is hanging out at seven and a half. That's something where I'm interested in the Colts um, because I do think that the Colts have the ability to keep this close. This is sort of a matchup where, you know, the Colts don't rely as good as Michael Pittman Jr. is. They don't rely on their wide receivers to sort of carry them throughout the day. They're very much a running team. The Bills have a great rush defense and pass defense, but you know, they have the lockdown corners. I don't really think like, you know, White's going to be able to just, you know, take away Pittman, but they don't rely on that as much. They're creative offensively. Again, they have such a good offensive line. I think they'll be able to take to keep it relatively close. I'm not running to bet it right now or anything. I, I feel like it ends up at seven. That's probably right. I lean the under a little bit, but taking unders in the NFL, unless you have a really strong conviction or unless it's against a team that's so slow and that you can feel comfortable, like, you know, whenever the Broncos get it there or the Steelers, um, it's just not something where I really want to go after. So this is probably more of a stay away for me, but I'm more eyeing the Colts. I don't think I'd tease it down. I could see the Colts winning this game personally. That's how I look at it. I will note as well that the Colts do run that the cover two, the two high shell. Yeah, it's, it's a, the the biggest buzzword in you know NFL conversations sure. right now. But but they do do that, and that that the Bills have had a little bit of trouble with it. And you do have Cole Beasley banged up here, you know, which does take away an outlet. Obviously, you know, you have Stephon Diggs, who's great in the secondary for um, the Colts. Played really well early in the season, but they have been burned of late, so it's not as if that's something they can stop. But you know, the Bills. I, I don't think they solved all their problems just by beating up on a Jets team in a game, by the way, that was 10-3 with two minutes left in the first half. So, you know, we can we can take what we want from that. 49ers coming off the ginormous win, which is usually when you sell them. They are visiting Jacksonville. They're laying seven. Now, there's a lot of six and a halfs, a lot of sevens, but the consensus line overall is seven. The total here is 46. What do you think, Tuma? I hate this so much because in this past Sunday, Jaguars Colts, it looked like the Colts were just going to go up big and, and just absolutely steamroll over them. They kept showing Urban Meyer on the sidelines. It legitimately looks like he doesn't want to be there. You know, I think a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if this was his only season in Jacksonville. And then they claw back in. They had, you know, what I think was, you know, at least a really good defensive game plan against Buffalo the week prior. And again, this is one where. We talk about, you know, kind of just going with what the smart play is. And that's, you know, the Niners have this big win. Now let's fade them. This one, I don't feel fully comfortable with it. I know these these first few games haven't been, you know, strong leans by me yet by any means. But you don't man, have to, I, Brendan. Like, do, yeah. <laughs> do not. I, the, no, the one thing I do and I, what I talk about with the guests, like if you don't have a lean on a game and I often don't like there's a reason, especially as we get into week 11 at this point, the lines are sharp. So it's something where don't don't force it. Yeah, there's no, you know, I just I guess. OK, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, we want to try to be objective with the listeners and not just, you know, give takes to give takes. So this is one I truly don't see any, you know, noticeable trends or have any fun numbers to throw out other than, you know, the thing that doesn't necessarily make sense to do, but probably would is to take the Jags with the points. I can't get there yet until, you know, I do further research into the week and see if I can uncover anything. Yeah, um, I have a very difficult time 
backing the Jags ever. Um, this is one of those where every time, almost every time, if you're a professional better and you have a model, I almost guarantee that the model is going to say bet the Jaguars. And I remember several years ago when it said the same thing with the Jets, when the Jets were just terrible and, uh, you know, losing every single game. Um, and it didn't matter last year. Um, it didn't matter that professionals kept being like, my model suggests that this point spread should be three points lower. And then the Jets would lose by, you know, 25 because they were so terrible that it did and so poorly coached. I did feel that way about Jacksonville for a while. But their defense is playing a lot better of late. So they are showing life, despite the fact that Urban Meyer is not a good coach. So it's something where, I, like, there looks like there's value on Jacksonville. It's a perfect spot to sell the 49ers high. They haven't solved all their issues just by coming in here and beating up on a Rams team. It's a divisional matchup, by the way, which is always something that you know something freaky is going to happen. But I can't back the, the Jags right now. Um, you know, and again, a lot of spots at six and a half. The consensus line is seven. More enticing there, but it's a stay away for me. Ravens coming off an embarrassing loss here on Thursday Night Football are visiting Chicago coming off a bye. The Ravens are laying six, total 45 and a half. So this is one that I do feel a little bit more strongly about, and it is going to be with the Bears and taking the plus six at home on Thursday night. Like you said, it was an embarrassing loss. You know, a really fun stat from that. We're starting to notice Lamar's uh, kind of kryptonite is the blitz. He's, you look at his splits, you know, on PFF or any other site and yards per attempt and completion percentage in a clean pocket versus the blitz. It really changes the dolphins on Thursday night. They sent their safeties. Uh, the number of time they blitz the two safeties were the most times that a defensive back has been blitzed in the next gen stats era, which goes back to 2016. So the dolphins really kind of uncovered that blueprint. And I think a lot of folks might just chalk that up to Thursday night weirdness and whatnot. But something I'm trying to do is get, you know, in on these trends kind of early again with the chiefs thing if if you started shorting the cheats the chiefs after that first bad game they had you know you could have had a few good weeks there for a while yep. and i don't think this ravens problem against lamar against the blitz is necessarily going away just yet i don't think everyone is fully on it just yet so that makes me want to be on it additionally you know justin fields has been he's had his two best games the past two weeks they finally had their bye week we know that rookies a lot of the time improve after you know once they finally get that bye week so i think that combination of things and again just leaning into the volatility of the season and grabbing the plus six has me you know leaning the bears here and feeling good about it as of now at least this is funny tuma because i also have a lean in this game but it is the other way um so this is good we you and i'll just make a private you know you know a penny wager here for me and you i, I do lean the ravens and i i think i would take it now it's six and a half at a couple of books so that's good for you, obviously. At six and a half, even better. Um, I obviously, yeah, that wasn't just a Thursday night game that the Ravens were rusty. Although it w is worth noting that they basically their offense was on the field for about a hundred plays on the Sunday before, and then they came out on Thursday. It was a very difficult turnaround for them. But I do think that the Dolphins' defense has more just figured things out at this point. And yeah, you're right. Obviously, they played cover zero and they they blitzed a ton, and that does cause Lamar problems. But the Ravens are one of the best coach teams in the NFL, of course. They have John Harbaugh. They have just sort of an elite coaching staff. And I don't see this as them basically being like, shoot, we can't figure out what to do when we get blitzed like this. Like Lamar Jackson might run 25 times. You know, if he gets blitzed and he takes off and he sees an opening, I think they're going to get there. I agree that there is some uh, growth for sure from Justin Fields. It's been encouraging to see long term, especially 
And the Ravens defense is nothing to write home about whatsoever. But you give them 10 days at this point. You give them 10 days to recover from that stinging loss. I think you come out here and you see a smash spot for the Ravens. I bet it now just because I think there's more of a chance. I think if you're on your side, Brendan, I would wait. Uh, I don't think you have to go now because if you're at six, if you're at five and a half, it doesn't really matter that much. But you might get the seven because it's six and a half at a couple of spots. My guess is people will want to back the Ravens on this one. I would bet it now at six. I might tease this down to a pick because I do think that the Ravens, it'd be shock me if the Ravens lose to the Dolphins and then lose to the Bears in back-to-back weeks. You know what I mean? So that's something to go. I don't have a great feel for the total. I mean, you know, again, totals are very tough right now in the NFL, even when I lean under. But it's good. We're on different sides. I like that. It's good that the listeners can sort of hear that. But personally, I would bet it and I might tease it down pretty much immediately um, as soon as I can. Lions visiting the Browns, Brendan. The Browns coming off of terrible performance against the Patriots. Uh, but, uh, you know, nobody's too worried about them. They are laying 10 here to the Lions coming off the ginormous tie that they had with the Steelers. The total is low. It's 44 and a half. We obviously have some question marks uh, for quarterbacks on both sides of this game. Baker Mayfield dealing with the knee injury. He's day to day. Sounds like he should go. I'm not sure it matters that much given that you have Case Keenum. Jared Goff dealing with an oblique injury. He did play that entire game, so not sure if that's going to limit him. Not really sure it matters. What do you think here at 10 points and the total, a pretty low 44 and a half? All right, so this is another one. Let's lean into that uncomfortable feeling. The Browns just got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots, as we mentioned, in week 10. But now they're returning home. You know, if Nick Chubb can get back for this game, I think that would help as well. That's another question. Yes, good good to mention uh, as well. Again, Based on the timing, this is one of the things where if everything goes correctly, he should be back for this game. Although, again, Darius Johnson, Brendan, I'm incredibly impressed with him just as a runner. I don't, I mean, it, the running game is better with Nick Chubb, of course, but I don't think they like it. Doesn't fall off a cliff here once he went to Johnson. But yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good thing to mention as well. And and the reason why I'm so focused on the running game is one, you know, that's the Browns' offensive identity, of course, but also the Lions are just. Uh, I'm looking at their PFF grades here. They're 24th in run defense. They're 31st in coverage. And, you know, if there's ever going to be a time that you want to bet on Baker Mayfield, it's going to be when he's go has an easy matchup. So to me, the, the Lions defense is really, you know, one that you can attack. I know Mason Rudolph, you know, wasn't able to take full advantage. I, I think Baker Mayfield's, you know, at least in a tier above that. He's got some superior offensive coaching, I think. And again, the Lions, we talked about the Ravens coming off that crazy game and then having to play Thursday night. The Lions, I mean, Dan Campbell, how much energy can that guy have left after, you know, that overtime tie? Unlimited supply, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, he has unlimited supply. Yeah. No, I, I hear. Again, every week it feels like, you know, people want to take the Lions, whether with a spread or on the money line. I, I've seen a lot of that and thinking that this is going to be the week. You know, I'm kind of going the other way this time. And. I, w- I want to lean into the Browns. Everyone just saw them get whacked. And but I, I think this this matchup just sets up really nicely for them. Does it matter to you if Mayfield is able to go? Would you feel the same if it is Keenum? I do prefer Mayfield. I, I'm kind of operating as if he is going to go. I think you, know, okay. you and I both grew up on the Fantasy Pros News Desk. And we do have a blurb out there from Coach Stefanski saying that he is. it's a minor knee injury. He's day to day, but does expect him to play. Yeah, I do think he's going to suit up. I'm not sure it would affect my opinion much. I, look, this is a game I can't take the Browns, I don't think, laying 10. But I do expect them. Like, if you, you forced me to make a pick, it would be the Browns. Because I, I this strikes you as a 
an exhausted letdown spot for the Lions. How many touches did DeAndre Swift have? 36 or something like that. It was interesting that I feel like I think um, Campbell called the plays in that one instead of Anthony Lynn. And there weren't that many dump offs, but a limited Jared Goff. You know, I don't know, man. It it strikes me as um, I lean a little bit towards the over here because I do think that the Browns are going to put up a ton of points in this game to sort of, you know, it's 44 and a half to wash the taste out of their mouth. And I don't think their defense is so strong that they're going to be, the Lions are not going to be able to move the ball or anything like that. So this strikes me as a game where the Browns can pretty easily approach 30 points if they really want to. And I think they'll want to, because I think they'll want to get, uh, you know, the taste out of their mouth. And I think the Lions will put up enough here to go over. So I lean over here and I'd probably go after it now. Cause it doesn't matter to me who the quarterback is. I do think that uh, it's something that that that's really the only lean I have on it. I'll probably stay away from the total at this point. Dolphins visiting the Jets. Uh, the spread's only three. A little surprising to me. I, I'm going to be honest. The Dolphins laying three. Total is just 45. We obviously have question marks as to who's going to start for the Jets at quarterback. Here we know two is going to start for the Dolphins. We don't know, you know, is Will Fuller going to come back? Probably not. But uh, Dolphins playing much better of late, coming off a giant win here uh, against the Ravens on Thursday night. How do you feel about this one? You know, the Jets are, I'm kind of starting to put them in a similar category to the Jags, like we talked about. It's, you know, like the models might say, you know, Jets coming off a bad loss, Dolphins coming off the big win. It's Jets are at home, time to, you know, take the points. But, you know, sometimes with those like models and things like that, they, they don't identify the outliers right away. Like they sure. don't either identify the really good teams or the really bad teams. And, you know, if you are someone who operates under the premise that the Jets are a really bad team, then that would be a reason not to necessarily trust into that. And and for me, like just watching the, you know, the Bills Jets and I don't want to take too much away from the previous Sunday. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that sports bettors make even still to this day. But the, the defense is just uncompetitive at times, it seems. And I know it's, it's going up against Buffalo and it's going to be different again against two attack of Viola and the Dolphins. But but still, I, I just like, can't put them in the same tier. I think sometimes we want to look back to the preseason. A lot of people are high on the Dolphins. They are starting to round into form a bit. And yeah, the fact that it's only minus three, I don't think the Jets being at home is, you know, any sort of it's not worth anything, event. man. That means nothing, right? If anything, it could be the situation where you know, <laughs> they, they get down yeah. and the boo birds come out and yeah. Zach Wilson coming back. I think he might be back for this one. Well, I mean, there's some uncertainty right now. Right now, I'm, I'm thinking that Wilson comes back. This is the timeline sort of that they expected him to be able to come back roughly, um, but yeah, the problem with this one, Brendan, again, is you look at some lines sometimes and a fun exercise for people to do is to make their own lines and come in and then see where it is. And to me, this was like a Dolphins minus five, minus five and a half, like a three spread right now. And again, this isn't something where I think we need to overreact to what we just saw. The Jets defense has been playing terribly for weeks now. And the Dolphins defense, you know, we wrote it off a little bit against the Texans because it's the Texans, right? But this is back-to-back weeks here where the Dolphins have played extremely well uh, defensively. I think their defense is relatively back. I think Tua Tonga-Vailoa completely changes that offense in terms of what he is able to do. This just strikes me as a game. The Dolphins are going to win pretty easily. And if you're getting it at three, I would take it now for the Dolphins. Like, it seems like a trap. I'm willing to walk into the trap at this point. Um, And I'd probably take it now just in case it goes higher than three and a half, because I have to imagine there's going to be so much money coming in on the Dolphins. They'll probably be professionals back in the Jets. I think that's a mistake. Um, But, you know, is what it is. Just it strikes me as a trap. 
I know you're a Jets fan, so I don't mean this in, in a cruel way or, or nope. anything, but there, you know, you look at a lot of, uh, you know, advanced stats, whether it's, you know, EPA, EPA per play or completion yep. percentage over expected. And Zach Wilson, I, I would feel better about the Dolphins if he actually plays because it has just been so, so bad. There have been, you know, such few, like even Trevor Lawrence has had some moments and some games where it's like, oh, these will be some things to build off in the future. But Wilson, we just really haven't seen much of it. I loved I think it was NBC Sports Ed had a blurb the other day about Zach Wilson said he needs to play more like Mike White. And if, if that's where we're at halfway through his rookie season, you know, I, I think that says it all right there. I'm not all that uh, willing to draw conclusions on Wilson's long term value. I'm willing to give him some shots. I've seen enough sort of like moments out there that makes me think, OK, this could work. I admit I saw the same from Sam Darnold at times. So that was not correct. But uh, we'll, we'll see about that. But I'm hoping Wilson gets back in the field so we can see him. But if it's Wilson, if it's Mike White, I don't really care. If it's Joe Flacco, I don't care. I think the Dolphins are just a superior team at this point. So I will back them. And if it's a trap, I'll own it. But I'm willing to walk into it. Packers are visiting the Vikings. The Packers are laying two and a half, total 49. Yeah, so the Packers, you know, obviously they had that horrible week one game against the Saints. I didn't get a chance to look this up beforehand but since then they've played nine games and they're either they either have covered eight times or i think i think they're eight and one against the spread since then and again you might have to fact check me on that but they have just been tremendous every week you know no one seemingly wants to bet them and, and they're, they're performing really well against the spread so that you know just brings in the age-old question of does that mean they're due for you know a loss against right. the spread or does that mean that they can you know probably keep it up and I mean, my God, this Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, they've got two and a half years together now. Matt LaFleur's record is incredible. Like, he's a great head coach, it seems. They have a great record. Again, I it's, you know, the Packers coming off the win and everything. It's like, oh, the Vikings are at home, divisional game. I want to take the points. I just right. don't want to be go- going up against the Packers right now. I've, I've just seen too much. It's been too long. They're fantastic against the spread. If you want to, you know, throw it in a teaser to, you know, try to – you know, make sure I know you don't usually tease 2.5 points, but you just want to try to make sure that they win the game or take them out right on the money line. I do like them to win. Who knows with the two and a half points, but I, I am not wanting to go against the Packers right now. Yeah, it does seem like the teaser angle would be to tease the Vikings up through the two key numbers of three and seven to eight and a half. I don't feel that comfortable with it. The problem with the Vikings um, is, and again, there's there's not going to be Aaron Jones in this game. I don't really think that matters all that much. You know, A.J. Dillon is, you know, just as good, at least as a runner, not that good as a, a pass blocker or a receiver, but still. Um, I think that the problem for me is that the Vikings, you never know what you're going to get with the Vikings, right? Like they show up for some games like this past game against the Chargers. Like that was a spot for them. I talked about it with Matt Peral. Like that was a spot that we said, OK, this is probably going to be the Vikings right here. This is the spot they show up. They rally their defense. Mike Zimmer gets his defense to play. And they have other games where they just don't whatsoever. Now they are home here. So it, it's, you know, you lean that way. I can't take them at two and a half. Like I'd need three or three and a half. There is a three out there uh, at a couple spots. My book, DraftKings, Foxbet, for example. So there's a few spots there that you can get it. If you like the Vikings, I think you can wait a little bit because, again, it's not going to matter whether or not it goes to one and a half or or two or something like that. It really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But you want to wait to see whether or not it gets to two and a half. I do like the over a little bit here. I, I mean, I think part of the issue is the fact that the Packers defense has been really good. I mean, even after they lost J.R. Alexander, you know, their scheme is really good. So there's a, a possibility that the Vikings lay a dud here. But at, at 49, there's a couple of 49 and a halves out there. 
I think the Packers are going to bounce back offensively. It was obviously a very rusty game for Aaron Rodgers. I think they really bounce back here. I think the Vikings can put up points whenever they want. And this is sort of the Vikings' last stand. I mean, they're not going to win the division. The Packers are 8-2. and two. They're 4-5. and five. But if they have any chance at it, this is what they have to do right here. So I think you'll probably see a spirited effort. It's a divisional game. I would think about teasing the Vikings up. But I agree that it it makes me uncomfortable right now to go against the Packers um, against the spread. So, you know, if it's below a field goal, I'm, I'm probably not. I'm going to stay away. If anything, I would tease the Vikings up, though. I'm not teasing through zero or anything. I would tease the Vikings up at this point. Texans visiting the Titans. The Titans are laying 10.5. Again, this bounces back between 10 and 10.5. And so our consensus line is 10.5. But there's both out there. Total is pretty low, 44.5. What do you think? Man, th- this is this one is really, really hard for me because I can make the case that again, if we want to go against, you know, our better judgment and leave into that un- lean into that uncomfortable feeling, the Texans at ten and a half make a ton of sense because the Titans, you know, we keep waiting for their down game. It's they had those huge wins against I forget the exact order, but it was like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Rams. This past week, the Saints were one of, you know, my best bets, and they did cover, even though the Titans still yes. won the game. But, you know, we really keep waiting for that down game. Like, can they keep getting up for these game after game? And so this would seemingly be, you know, divisional game. It would seemingly be a good spot for them to at least, even if they win, just not cover 10 and a half. On the other side of things, the Titans are, you know, they have the best record in the AFC right now. And Ryan Tannehill, you look at, you know, a lot of MVP indicators. I was referencing quarterback EPA per play and completion percentage over expected. He's right up there with Dak and Brady and all those guys. And then you look at his, you know, surrounding cast right now, his defense isn't as good as some of those. And I think there's a really strong case for him to be MVP. I just looked at the PFF defensive grades, the Titans rank second in coverage right now. So, so I like that going up against the Texans. I'm having a really hard time with this one. I don't even necessarily feel comfortable teasing it down to, you know, to four and a half or three and a half or however many points you want to tease. So, I've really got to look into this one a little bit more. I think it's probably the most interesting game when you factor in the spread, though, just for all the reasons I mentioned. Yeah, I think you have to stay away from this one, really, because the Titans aren't as good as they have shown. Um, And I do think that you can sort of understand that Terod Taylor played terribly when he first came back, of course, but he hadn't played in, you know, five or six weeks. We saw with Russell Wilson, we saw with Aaron Rodgers, like quarterbacks need time to get back into the swing of things. And People were pretty excited about what we might see from Terod Teller. He is going to start in this game. He definitely has the potential to keep it close. If you get it at more than 10, it's hard for me to not take the Texans um, in a divisional game. I'm not running out there to do it. I'm not running out to sort of take them or anything like that. But if I do like them, if you do like that spread, I probably would just take it now because there are 10s out there. Again, for me at DraftKings, it's 10. At FanDuel, it's 10.5. So I would go there. Uh, I don't have a good feel for the spread at 44 and a half. I lean over just because I do think the Texans might be able to put up some points in this game, despite the fact that the Titans defense is excellent. This one is very interesting, Brendan. I was a big, uh, talked a lot when we first started the show about a sports book league that I'm in from the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, where we draft prop bets. And I think coach of the year is always a prop that is a little more exploitable than most, because if you look back at the history of it, there is this sort of formula that you could put out there that lends itself to winning. And Nick Sirianni winning coach of the year was one of my early picks. And that looked dead in the water, of course. And now you look at the Eagles who, you know, are now four and six. 
after this game against the Saints, which we'll talk about in one second, they have a very easy schedule going forward too much. It's a lot of NFC East. It's a lot of Giants. It's a lot of Washington. This is a big game for them. If they can win this game, the odds on them to make the playoffs are going to skyrocket. It's a one and a half point spread at home against the Saints. The total is low. Two heavily running teams now that the Eagles are at 44. Brendan, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think probably the most interesting thing about the Eagles this season is how early on, you know, they were passing a lot. You look at pass rate over expectation. The Eagles were, you know, among the leaders. And then you rarely see this. A team just completely change their offensive identity midseason. You know, usually it's, it's season to season that that happens, like what happened to the Bills from 2019 to 20. But this year, the Eagles, all of a sudden, they're now, you know, as you said, one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. We know the Saints are a run heavy team. We know the Saints like to play at a really slow pace. All these things lead towards the under. The issue is, of course, it's a very low number yeah. at 44. So I think, you know, this is a game. My guess, and I, I would want to try to do some more research into this before confirming it, but if this is a spot where you know people are still wanting to go against the Eagles and we project and forecast the public to be on the Saints, that this is a spot that that I would like Philly in this one. You know, I just there might not be many more chances to bet against uh Trevor Simeon on the road this season. So it would be You know, Simeon time. hasn't been that bad, Brendan. Like he he's played better than I expected, don't you think? Yeah, but but at the same time, then we're waiting for you know the quote unquote the wheels to fall off. Then, uh, yeah, at that. So I, I like I like Philly at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not just trying to hype up your Nick Sirianni bet. I I have little hope for that winning. If I'm being fully honest, but what? I'll give you this one more week with the Eagles winning. Those guys get to the playoffs. I'm in. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I I think really I don't love it on either side. I. Do- haven't gotten a bead on the Eagles yet, right? Like, I really haven't gotten what they had. Maybe Miles Sanders returns. That only helps the running back uh, game. I think this is a game, Brendan, where I want to tease the Saints up. And, you know, Matt talks about a Wong teaser all the time. Again, that's something you have to bet close to kickoff, but it's when the spread is within a certain range and the total is low and that this game is going to qualify. I'm almost positive when it gets there. Teasing the, taint, the Saints up from one and a half to seven and a half is probably where I want to go. Because again, the Saints have lost two in a row, but they've, they've barely lost. Both you and I were both on the Saints uh, against the Titans. So we were sort of rooting for the two-point conversion to fail because they were getting two and a half or three, depending on where you got it. I think they keep this game close. So I think I will tease the Saints up. I don't really want a piece of it. I don't want that total, man. Like too many freaky things can happen here, um, in my opinion, with the uh, with the scoring to, to want to go after it at 44. So... My real play right now is to tease the Saints up. I'm not getting near it as of right now. Anyway, I'll dig it deeper into it, but I'm not getting near it um, in terms of just the one and a half. Washington visiting the Panthers. Panthers are laying three and a half. Total is 43. Sounds like we're going to see Cam Newton here. Washington coming off the giant win against the Bucks. What do you think here? Yeah, so this is one I'm kind of, you know, just going to go with Washington and take the plus three and a half. And I think a lot of people are going to want to talk themselves into Cam this week. And, you know, that that was a really cool, awesome moment when he came back in and he touched the ball twice and scored two touchdowns. So I think that's really fun. You know, I'm a fan of Cam and what he did for the Patriots last season and everything. But I just think that this the public is going to just overrate that factor. And, you know, 
that fact that he's back with the Panthers where he won MVP and went to the Super Bowl and whatnot. I don't think he's like actually as good as we might think, especially coming off that two touchdown performance and coming off the Panthers, you know, huge win over the Cardinals. So again, this is just kind of leaning into that maybe uncomfortable feeling and trying to go against the public. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Washington, but I know they lost Chase Young. Their defense yeah. has still been improving a little bit overall. I'm still just, you know, going to take them and the points and try to lean into that, you know, back and forth of the NFL season. You know, I lean with you, Brendan. Uh, I lean with taking the hook and taking the points. I do worry a little bit just because I think that the Panthers defense is legit. Um, you know, after trading for Gilmore and getting a little more healthier, I wonder whether or not Washington's going to be able to put up points. And there's the unknown about what we're going to see from Cam running the entire offense. Like, great, when you get to the goal line, I feel pretty confident that their goal line offense is going to be good now that they have him and they have McCaffrey back. But I don't know exactly what we're going to see from him overall on the season. So I will just take the hook right now with Washington, but it's a little uncomfortable to do so, you know, mainly because of the defense. Let's go to the Bengals are visiting the Raiders. Uh, this is a really interesting one. Uh, Brendan, both teams five and four. The Bengals on the road are laying a point, and the total is pretty high here. 49 Raiders obviously coming off a pretty embarrassing loss here to the Chiefs in prime time. What do you expect out of this one? Yeah, the Bengals really hurt my feelings uh, <laughs> leading into their bye because they had that huge win over uh, the Ravens, and it was like, here they are. They're ready to compete for the division. You know, it's a young team, up and coming. And then, you know, they, then they just, you know, really – they had the Jets loss, I think it was, and then and then they lost to the Browns, and then they had their bye. So it's been a while since people have been high on the Bengals. I kind of wish they were going up against a team, you know, that didn't just get killed because, you know, right. I, I don't want the Raiders to be – you know, this is a must – get right spot for them but the Bengals coming off a bye I'm, I'm just gonna go with them even though you know I usually like taking the teams coming off a game where they just got killed I just the Bengals for a couple weeks they were really trending in the right direction I think you know they're, they're still young they're figuring some things out and the, the Jets lost you know I chalk that up entirely to having the huge win against the Ravens the week prior I think the Bengals, their their defense is also pretty underrated. I know it didn't look as great the past couple of weeks, but they were on the right track. I think they can use the bye week to get back on track. And, and yeah, I, I want to be I want to be out in front of this what I forecast a resurgence by the Bengals moving forward. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I I think that the Bengals. Uh, I think what's happening here, Brendan, is that the Bengals are being exposed as being overrated, um, which is what we really thought. We didn't expect the Bengals to be quite this good. Now. Burrow has looked good. Jamar Chase is a superstar. I like T. Higgins a lot. Joe Mixon is great. Their defense has played much better than expected. But I just don't think they are what they showed. I think this is a regression to the mean. I think this is a bounce back spot for the Raiders. It's going to sound dumb. I'm willing to sound dumb, as you know, often. Um, come a young team coming to Las Vegas. I think we've seen it a little bit. It's a tough place sort of to come in and, and sort of maintain your focus for a couple of days. I, I think it's a real thing, the home field advantage in that sense. And I think the Raiders are going to have a bounce back spot here. I really do. I mean, the Chiefs, it was just a get right spot for the Chiefs. You know how good they can be. The Raiders are much, much better than they showed. I like the over two. I think both teams are going to be able to put up points. So I will take the over 49. You don't have to run to bet this either way. It's plus one. Doesn't matter if it goes to minus one. Really, cross zero, irrelevant. I think the Raiders win this game. So I'm willing to take them. But I like that we're on a couple of different sides here, Brendan. I just, you know, I, I understand why you like the Bengals. But for me, I'm I'm selling them. I don't think they're particularly well coached. Um, and I think they're just a young team that's showing some cracks at this point. 
This one's tough, Brendan, because we don't really we have a lot of question marks about the Cardinals visiting the Seahawks at uh, the Cardinals are laying two and a half. It is possible that both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins return. I am betting against both, given the fact that they have a bye week coming up the week after. Colt McCoy sounds like he would be healthy enough to start with his pec injury, but we also don't even necessarily know that going forward. So we don't know what's going on there. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson coming off one of the worst games that I've ever seen a quarterback play in my life. You assume with an extra week now, sort of to get acclimated to it, that he's going to be better. Maybe we see Chris Carson. So the total is 50 in this game. What do you think? I loved all the jokes about Russell Wilson not getting enough sleep to get ready for that game because I always find that ridiculous as I am someone who I function better when I have sleep and I know some of these high-end athletes, we can't compare ourselves to them, but it was just insane if he's sleeping three hours a night and he's out there performing at the highest level possible. But again, this is, you know, to me, you know, I'm more scared taking the Seahawks, of course, if Kyler plays, even if he's banged up than what we saw from Colt McCoy this past Sunday, but at this point, I think even if Kyler plays, he's going to be, you know, somewhat limited. He's not coming to this game, you know, as, as fresh as humanly possible. And this, for the Seahawks side of things, you know, divisional game, I'll take the points. I'll take them coming off against a horrible performance. Take them at home. Uh, not not a lot of, you know, exciting analysis per se, but just trying to swing in back to the other side of the pendulum. Yeah, I think what I really like here is the under. I'm surprised that the totals at 50. I think you're going to see... A spirited effort from an embarrassed Cardinals defense. You know, they got embarrassed here by the by the Panthers. And I think the Seahawks defensively have been playing better here, especially with the potential for no Kyler Murray or a limited Kyler Murray. Like, I will go under on this one. The spread, I just, I find it very difficult to bet. Um, this spread with all the question marks. So probably a stay away for me. I could see maybe teasing the Seahawks up to eight and a half, um, you know, right now. But uh, it's still something where I am staying away, a really good game that everybody's going to want to watch. The Cowboys are visiting the Chiefs. The Chiefs are laying two and a half with a total of 55 and a half. Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, so again, this is one, I kind of, the Dallas is one of the most, you know, public bet teams in the league for obvious reasons. And I really, for a while, you know, the Chiefs were too. So I really wish this was one where it was like, oh, we can short the Chiefs yet again because now everyone's going to, think they're back. Uh, I think Dallas matches up just like really well with the Chiefs. I like Dallas a lot in general. I like that their offense can win in multiple ways. They can go, you know, really run heavy with all the, the linemen and the tight ends and Zeke and Pollard. Then they can spread it out with all the receivers and gallops back. So I like that aspect of them. I think their defense is, you know, very opportunistic. It's not necessarily shut down. You know, Trayvon Diggs, even he'll give up some big plays and then he'll make some big plays. So it's kind of a bit of a give and take with that. I, I just think they, they match up well. And I'm trying not to, you know, put on my film hat and watch the all 22 necessarily. But Dallas, you know, they can run the ball and control the clock. I'm, I'm not sold on the Chiefs being, you know, fully back just because they beat the Raiders. So I'm definitely leading Dallas early on. It's going to scare me a little if, the entire public is with me but some of that you know is just a lot of dallas fans so uh yeah do you think this is where it ends up i mean books are universal at two and a half right now i guess there are a couple of random twos out there but if you're someone who backs the cowboys you think there's any chance this gets to three or do you think it sits at two and a half i think it could i think i could also see the over you know ticking up a little bit more as well as people do some more research into that there are some 55 and a halves out there already. Uh, yeah, I don't have a great feel for it, man. Um, I really don't. The Cowboys, 
especially with Michael Gallup back offensively. It's just it's so difficult to think about how you're going to stop them. But maybe the Chiefs have really figured something out. And if they have, there is no defense that can stop them. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably stay away and just enjoy this one with some popcorn. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting one. Steelers are visiting the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. The Chargers currently are laying four and a half. And the total is 47. We obviously have some question marks here about who's going to play quarterback for the Steelers. And as much as we uh, you know, lament Ben Roethlisberger's performance this entire season, you see what happens when you go to Mason Rudolph. It is a different, uh, you know, it's a different ball game completely. I assume Chase Claypool is not going to be ready to return for this week. Um, so Chargers also looking very uneven lately in their performance, laying four and a half at home. And again, the total is 47. What do you think? This might be one of my favorites of the week, and that's taking the Steelers. This past Sunday, I didn't really, it didn't really matter to me, Rudolph or Big Ben. We've seen that game 25 times from the Mike Tomlin era. They're huge favorites at home. They never cover those. It yeah. seems like Tom, Tomlin, he can play down to the competition or he can play up to the competition. So I, I definitely prefer taking the Steelers when they're underdogs. It's a little concerning. We don't know the exact status of both TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, Watt's got the injury. Fitzpatrick's on the reserve COVID list right now. The other thing is just I want to keep shorting the charges. So this is an instance where I want to be in on the Steelers and short the charges, which is why I feel so strongly about it. And the charges, just this this Joe Lombardi offense, I've, I've been doing a lot of reading about how he really took the Drew Brees offense, which, you know, we know Brees is just the master of accuracy and, you know, short A dot throws. Yep. And that's really not Herbert's game. You know, Herbert has a rocket for an arm. His, his accuracy has improved since college, but it, it isn't, you know, necessarily nearly in the same range as Breeze. I just, you know, the, char- the Chargers, the offensive line, the right side especially, is dealing with some injuries. And, you know, this is just the Steelers coming off the, the other side of a disappointing game. I want to keep going against the Chargers when I can, and I do trust the Steelers in this spot. So you're fine with it even if it's Rudolph? Yes. Woo. All right. Um, I, by the way, I agree with you about the Lombardi offense, and I think I referenced it in the preseason when I was talking about the fact that, you know, the offense that the Chargers ran for Herbert, obviously, in his rookie season, was a very sort of quarterback-friendly offense. The Lombardi offense is much more complicated, much more difficult for a quarterback, a young quarterback especially, to be able to implement, and we kind of just disregarded that because Staley looked like he was just such a good coach and everything good, but yeah, Herbert really has half the games. He just basically does not do anything with um so yeah it's definitely a spot where you back the Steelers for sure the Mike Tomlin rah-rah nobody believes in us you know spot is just very hard for me to do with the um with Mason Rudolph so I'll, I'll probably wait I wonder what happens to the spread if we learn that Roethlisberger is coming back I do think you'll still see the Chargers favored by probably more than a field goal so I'm okay to wait on it because I don't think I could do it with Mason Rudolph but you make the points it is the spot I think for the for the Steelers I think last week the spread only changed. I think it was one and a half points <laughs> the spread chains once Ben was ruled out. So that just shows where we're at with Ben. Too. Well, I do wonder, though, whether or not they think the same thing now that they saw that game. And I, it was in the rain and it was terrible. But 50 pass attempts, he couldn't do anything with it. Some of the throws were just garbage. You know, at least Ben knows how to run the offense a little bit better. And again, Mason Rudolph is better at being a professional football player, playing football than I will ever be at anything in my life. So stay it out there. I'm not insulting the guy. But there is a big drop off. I think even at this stage of his career from Ben to him. Last game, Monday Night Football, Bucks are taking on the Giants. Surprising loss here for the Bucks coming off the bye. Laying 10.5 to the Giants. Total is 50. Obviously, some question marks. Maybe Antonio Brown comes back. Sounds like Gronk probably won't for the Giants. 
Maybe Saquon comes back. That sounds like it's probably going to happen at this point. Maybe they get a little healthier here at wide receiver. I don't know. What do you think? The Giants is in the Bucks, ten and a half. Really strange performance. I don't know anyone who's really on Washington last week, and it, it kind of feels like, you know, on the one hand, we want to take the Giants and the points and see if they can, you know, sneak up on the Bucks again. But the fact that the Bucks just had that game where they kind of laid an egg and they weren't great against the Saints before the bye. So it feels like we're due for, you know, a Bucks, you know, a, a really good Bucks game here. It's a stay away from me. I, I don't have a lean one way or the other. I can't decide yet. I want to see a lot of the injury report stuff. In addition to Brown and Gronk, I want to see if, you know, Godwin's even practicing because, you know, he was really questionable coming into this one. Vita Vea got hurt. Richard Sherman got one. hurt pregame. Yep. It's really piling up. And like you said, the Giants have Saquon coming back and they're coming off a bye. So I, I need definitely need more time for this one. It's a stay away as of now. Yeah, I mean, you know, Danny Dimes usually plays a little bit better on the road. He covers more often than not. I agree it's a stay away. The Bucks have a lot of question marks. You did mention Vea. That's a huge blow to their run defense, which hadn't been quite as infallible as it had looked early on in the season anyway. You could see a complete bounce back spot here from the Bucks. So this is just one where I'm going to sit back. Again, I don't think it's really going to get to 10. It's 10 and a half, 11 in some books right now. I think that's probably where it ends up. So no reason to run to do it. Brendan, thank you so much for joining me today. I love taking the early looks. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Too Much Tuma. Right, the five burning questions article every Thursday for Fantasy Pros have been helping out a little bit with the primer as well and having a lot of fun with that. So I feel like in the zone, it's week 11 in the NFL. We are deep in the weeds right now. There's uh, there's no sign of coming out of it just yet. So I know you and I are loving it, though. And, and yeah, we're just going to stay in and, and try to do what we can to help readers and listeners, you know, win some money and, and win their leagues. We'll be back later in the week. As you guys know, Joe will be doing the college football podcast. I will be doing the week 11 best bets NFL podcast. I will try to bounce back from a, a subpar week, admittedly, at least with the picks I gave out. Uh, but it'll be a good show. So please join us then. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days. 